Want to see the world from a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. What if you took the time to really soak it? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca, your host, and just want you to know that I appreciate you listening to my show. So talk to me. Let me know what's going on. My team and I spend a lot of time and energy thinking and preparing for our show about things that we care about and we think that you're going to care about, too. So if you let us know what you're thinking, whatever that might be, if you find the show awesome or if you find it riveting, you're curious about something, you find it valuable, or maybe even horrific, just fill in the blank and jet me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. You can also go to my website, talkwithfrancesca.com, and fill out the contact form there. It'll get right to me. Visit me on Facebook, and I also promise I will get right back to you. And if you miss part of the show, you can go to recent shows on my website. Again, talkwithfrancesca.com and listen there. And I'm also on iTunes, so you have lots of places to listen to Talk with Francesca. So we've got a lot to cover today, so we're going to dive right in. It's no secret that America is obsessed with weight loss, from commercials to billboards to entire aisles dedicated to the latest diet craze. You want to know what else America is obsessed with? Big, huge portions, fast foods, and you guessed it, sugar. So where is this middle ground? How do we get and stay happy and healthy? Well, Griff Nelson is here with us and he's got some answers with over 17 years as an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, and holistic life coach. He's a certified personal trainer who has helped over 500 clients live a healthier life and his book, Exercising, Your Excuses, I love that, has gotten rave reviews. So big welcome to you, Griff. Thank you, Francesca. I appreciate it. All right. So I'm excited that you're here with us. So I'm going to dive right in and ask you, in your opinion, what is the single greatest factor contributing to our nation's weight gain over the last 50 years? And I'm afraid of the answer. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, it's okay. I work on it. You know, I think think the biggest thing contributing, Francesca, to the obesity epidemic, to our health crisis that we're in right now, is it, it's hard to boil it down into one single answer. Mm-hmm. When you look in our 21st century lifestyle, we're busy, we're going, we're stressed out. We don't have a lot of time. There's a lot of demands placed on us. Mm. And to answer those demands, we have convenience. We have convenient-based foods. Uh, we've got convenient-based beverages and the ways that we hydrate ourselves. And this unique combination, in my opinion, the high stress, the hustle and bustle, and then convenient answers has taken away from our normal physiological way of living. And what I mean by that is eating real food. We don't eat real food anymore. We eat substitute foods known as processed foods. We eat an overabundance of sugar, an overabundance of stimulants and other substances that most of us would just view as normal. And quite frankly, in my opinion, I think that is driving Mm -hmm. uh, the disease process in this country right now. 
Yeah, you know, it's it is it's it's amazing. You know, we're always we, we want that quick fix. We got to you know we're on the fly. We've got to eat. We you know because we got something we got to do. We got to eat really fast. So, um, you know, maybe a piece of bread with peanut butter rather than maybe a, a cooked piece of salmon with some some veggies. You know, because oh, I don't have time to cook that. You know, I don't have right. Um, when right. when in reality, actually, peanut butter has a lot of sugar in it, doesn't it? Every, yes, everything is uh, – 70% of the American diet right now is processed. That is the, the portion of what we put into our mouths that is highly refined processed foods and in particular carbohydrates. Of that, 74% of all that processed food that we're eating has added sugar, which is quite a sobering fact if you think of the amount of food we're taking in that has sugar just crammed into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually started weightlifting about, I don't know, three months ago. I had injured my back and I had gotten into physical therapy and, and it was like back pain boot camp. It was brutal, but it was great. And, you know, I really kind of got into it. Well, you know, I went to, you know, like Whole Foods and I, I don't know where you're located. Where are you located in California? I'm in Utah. Utah, yeah. I don't know if there's a Whole Foods out there, but um, yes, yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, I picked up some uh, protein, you know, powdered protein. Well, I was shocked when I got home, and thank goodness I hadn't opened it, and it had like it's like seven grams or something of sugar. It was a lot of sugar. Like I was really yes. shocked. And Absolutely. and if I didn't have a friend who was also into weightlifting for far longer than me, I would have never even mentioned it. It's like, wait, you know, and he said, well, how much sugar is in that thing that you just bought? It's like, well, let me look. It's like, that's a lot of sugar. So it's like, wow, you know, but let's talk about sugar because that's a big deal. And, you know, it's just, it's worrisome because it's just... It, it isn't even like sugar is so fattening when you think about it. It's like, like what, 16 calories a teaspoon or something, or, a ta- or maybe even a tablespoon, I don't know. But it's, so it's not like there's so many calories, but it's bad because, and then you fill in the blank. Well, I think the very first reason, Francesca, is you think of how ubiquitous it is. It is everywhere. And yes, maybe there's more calories per gram for fat, which is true. But we have sugar just about everywhere. And in large part, it's actually combined with fat. If you look at nature, very few times in nature are you going to find fat and sugar combined. Now, it does happen, but it is definitely the exception. When we start combining these foods, there becomes a huge problem for a few reasons. And one of those major reasons is because we are actually designed as a human being, to seek out sweet, palatable foods. From an evolutionary standpoint, if you think of the human brain, what is its goal? The brain's goal is to make sure that we, as a species, i.e. human beings, at least we hope, that the goal is to make sure that we procreate and that we continue the species. Well, the brain, to do that, it needs to get energy. It needs to have sufficient calories. Mm-hmm. And the way that it helps us do that is it helps us seek those food sources. If you look at our ancestors, hunters, uh, you know, the hunter-gatherers, mm-hmm. they wanted to get as many calories as they could. They wanted to procure those calories so that they could uh, make sure that their species perpetuated to the point that we're here. And thank God they did. 
And now sugar is so dangerous because we live in a 21st century environment where we still have that same physiology. We still have a brain that is physiologically set up to seek calories, to seek as many as possible, to get sweetness. Really? But, but, huh. but now, yeah, but now we're living in an environment where food is not scarce. Right. Our forefathers used to, to wake up and they didn't know when the next kill was, when they're going to hit the next mother load of honey. Now we still have a brain that is on the hunt looking for a good deal, and they're all over the place. And so when we get, let's say, a morning uh, cup of coffee with some sugar in it and a donut, our brain from a primal perspective is going, oh, yeah, baby, that's exactly <laughs> what I want. I want more of that, and please don't stop. So we've got a little bit of an evolutionary mismatch. So to answer your question, that's one of the biggest reasons why the sweet stuff is so dangerous to us. Mm, so And please don't stop. Yes, I hear you. Some experts have compared sugar addiction to drug addiction, to alcoholism, and really other serious addiction addictions. And um, I want to know if their claim is warranted. But so listeners, stay with us here. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to find out if sugar is, in fact, addictive. Don't go away. I recently discovered a computer store called Experimac in Middleton. Experimac Middleton is a one-stop shop that can help you with any repair needs for your phone, tablet, Mac, or PC. They also have the best prices for certified Apple computers and devices. The experts at Experimac are part of an international franchise network. All of their work is of the highest quality, and all purchases and repairs come with warranties of up to a year. They also have financing available. For any questions, give them a call at 978-304-0134. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Restaurante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, Best Kid-Friendly Restaurant, Best Lobster Dinner, and Best Water View. Why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on the Hunt Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. 
Do you have chronic pain, neck, shoulder, or low back stiffness, headaches? Amanda King, licensed massage therapist, can help. Located in downtown Salem, Amanda has over 13 years of experience helping people with pain, injury, and stress. She can help you feel better, move better, relax, and enjoy your life. So call today to book your appointment at 617-461-7516 or learn more at www.clearbodymind.massagetherapy.com. Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723-6733 or visit us at AnticoFornoBoston.com. We are back, and you are listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Griff Nielsen, and welcome back, Griff. Thank you. And I want to make sure that in um, this interview, we talk about your book, um, Exercising Your Exorcising Your Excuses. Um, so, because I, I love the name of it, by the way. It throws people sometimes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> All I know is when I think of exercising, I think of exorcist. It's like, whoa. Anyway, but I love it. I love it. So so experts are saying that sugar addiction is similar to drug addiction and alcoholism and, frankly, other serious addictions. What do you think? Is that claim warranted? I believe that it is. Yeah. And here's the thing. I, I if, we, if we wake up and, you know, we wake up to the news that somebody was killed um, from a drunk driver, or if somebody was uh, led themselves down a path that was very dire with drug addiction, these are things that rock us to the very core, especially if it happens to a family member. But what we don't really see, Francesca, is that we are literally dying off like flies on a daily basis, on a yearly basis, and this is compounding in the form of heart disease, in the mm-hmm. form of diabetes, in the form of blood lipid abnormalities like cholesterol. These are the things that are a little bit more subtle and it happens over time. And because it happens over time, it doesn't have that shock value. You know, the, the, the person that dried of the, uh, of the drug addiction or alcoholism, that seems to just shake us. But what right. we're not seeing is every day this is claiming people's lives because we truly are addicted. And experts have shown through both human and rat studies that it is indeed just as powerful in some cases as cocaine. The, the, the drive to actually have that is very powerful. I've actually had clients over the years, former drug addicts sit in my office, break down and cry because they, they're telling me that the sugar addiction that they have is harder to get off of fill in the blank, the alcohol, the cocaine, the hmm. meth. And these are former addicts. And this to say that there's not an addiction with sugar, I think, is to plead ignorance. And all we have to do is just look around. If we look around in our own society within seconds, we're going to see evidence of this addiction. And it's powerful. It's subtle. 
and it's very, very dangerous. So tomorrow morning I wake up and I say, okay, I'm going to have my coffee with my cream and I'm not going to have sugar. I'm giving sugar up. How long would it take for me to, well, first of all, would there be side effects other than the fact that I would probably crave it like at three o'clock in the afternoon or something i mean i'm not i'm not a sugar i'm not sugar obsessed i mean i have some control not complete but some but if i really said that's it i'm done with sugar no more no how never right like i remember back 20 years ago i smoked and i quit smoking and and i think it took about five days i was like edgy and whatnot and then that was it i was done and never light up another cigarette ever again um, so is, is how long would you say it would take if someone decided I'm giving up sugar and that's it? It's a loaded question in that it's very, very relative. And there's a genetic component to it as well. But most people, about anywhere from 20% or below, are severely dependent on sugar to the point where they are literally physiologically addicted to it. To the point to where they are going to have withdrawal symptoms. So if you're part of that 20%, maybe. I doubt, based on your description, that you are. For most people, it's going to be a little bit more benign. It's not gonna, you're not gonna wake up and have the massive migraine headaches. You didn't have the, the sugar in your coffee. You're not gonna get overly irritable or anxious. But for those that are severely addicted physiologically, yes, you're gonna get that. Hmm. So it's been said that those that are overweight just lack willpower or self-control. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you agree or do you think it's genetic? I, you know, yesteryear, about 10 years ago, I would have thought, yeah, you can chalk it up to willpower. But what the studies are showing is that sugar addiction, just like any other addiction, is just that, an addiction. They have shown that when we get addicted to sugar, we get into different thinking patterns that are actually very counter to our own survival. For example, when we get addicted very highly to sugar or processed food or chocolate, uh, we get into a, a state called motivational toxicity. And what that means is we start to make uh, decisions that are not in our body's best interest, not in our health's best interest. We tend to take the logic out and we start to make short-term decisions and we pretty much say okay whatever future consequence i'm going to incur i'm not going to think about it i'm not going to consider it right now i'm just going to indulge in the behavior Mm -hmm. and we typically see this a lot of times when we get stressed we see this when life throws us a curveball it's very easy to start to indulge and to throw out those higher needs, the need for health, the need for longevity, the need to nourish our energy levels. Um, And Mm -hmm. even to the point with some people, they get so addicted to where they start to abandon uh, a lot of their work duties, a lot of their relationship duties. These are all things that we really do not think of when we think of sugar addiction, but yet on the more extreme end, they do indeed exist. You know what I find that if I'm out to dinner, yeah, and I tend to order healthy-ish stuff. You know, I'm pretty yeah. good about it. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if I have a glass of wine with dinner, which I like to have when I go out to dinner, um, yeah. one glass. But even that one glass, you know what? Oftentimes, I have to make a decision prior to dinner that I'm not going to have dessert. Because if I don't think about it, 
I'll tell you what, one glass of wine and all bets are off. So, so, I would, so we're going to take another break. And when we come back, I want to talk about why alcohol uh, makes us want sugar. Listeners, stay with us here. I hope you're taking great notes. We're speaking to Griff Nelson, who is the author of Exercising Your Excuses. Don't go away. Don't jump on that plane. We will be back. I recently discovered a computer store called Experimac in Middleton. Experimac Middleton is a one-stop shop that can help you with any repair needs for your phone, tablet, Mac, or PC. They also have the best prices for certified Apple computers and devices. The experts at Experimac are part of an international franchise network. All of their work is of the highest quality, and all purchases and repairs come with warranties of up to a year. They also have financing available. For any questions, give them a call at 970 970- Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Restaurante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, Best Kid-Friendly Restaurant, Best Lobster Dinner, and Best Water View. Why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on the Hunt Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Do you have chronic pain, neck, shoulder, or low back stiffness, headaches? Amanda King, licensed massage therapist, can help. Located in downtown Salem, Amanda has over 13 years of experience helping people with pain, injury, and stress. She can help you feel better, move better, relax, and enjoy your life. So call today to book your appointment at 617-461-7516 or learn more at www.clearbodymind.massagetherapy.com. Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top 10 Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. 
best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723-6733 or visit us at AnticoFornoBoston.com. All right, we are back and you are listening to Talk with Francesca and we are talking about, well, at the moment we are talking about sugar. Welcome back, Griff. Thank you, Francesca. Okay, so so before the break, I said to you, what, what's the deal with one glass of wine? That's all, I, I don't drink hard liquor, but you know, I have one glass of wine and it's just like, eh, you know, loosen up a little bit and eh, yeah, I'll have that Oreo cookie dessert, you know? <laughs> Yep. So what what is the connection there other than maybe you get a little looser because now you've got a little alcohol in you? Okay. So what I'm going to do here, and I hope I do a good job here. You'll have to let me know. Okay. I'm going to take something that's very complicated and make it hopefully very, very simple. Okay? Mm-hmm. Every time we engage in a specific behavior, our brain literally records it. It said, that was good. So let's go back to our, our ancestral forebears. They're out in the wilderness. They find a big beehive and they guzzle some honey. And literally they do that. They will guzzle uh, a big jar of honey if they see it. Why? Because the brain is saying that is good. Do it again. It releases dopamine. It releases endorphins, mm. and when that happens, we're like, "Ooh, baby, I feel good." But wait right? a minute! I thought honey was good for you. Well, of course it is, and so the and the brain agrees. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute! The way you said that, I'm not sure. Like it sort of sounded like you were saying, "Yes, of course it is," but then the brain agrees. It almost sounded like you were kidding. So, is it good for you? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, honey's fantastic. But take that from a natural context. So the brain in a natural context is saying, this is great, this is great, this is great. Now, the same thing, fast forward to 21st century living with a glass of wine or with a little bit of sugar. If we continually indulge in those behaviors, Mm -hmm. and let's say that it gets a little bit out of hand, and I'm not saying you, Francesca, but let's say that that one glass goes to two glasses or three glasses. Every time we do that, that becomes Mm -hmm. a reward Mm -hmm. to our brain. Ah. The the brain literally looks at that as a a reward. That is is literally ensuring your survival from your brain standpoint. Now, logically, we don't look at it and go, oh, that's, you know, ensuring my survival. This is going to ensure that I bear children. I mean, we're not not thinking that. But our brain, from an evolutionary standpoint, that's exactly what it's thinking. And so... Now, so the more you have, the more you want, right? Yes. Now the brain records that. And here's the scary part. This is all being done subconsciously. This is not something that is at our level of awareness. So the next time we get stressed or the next time we just want to take the load off, our brain has been programmed to say that is good. Have more. Indulge and imbibe in that behavior continually. And we do. So we really do just really need to sort of like quit eating sugar completely, right? 
In an ideal world, yes. Yeah, because I'm thinking now, because, you know, I, I went out to dinner Saturday night, and I had, you know, and I really am not a big meat eater at all, but I just felt like, you know what, I really want to have a steak. I really, really do. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? So we went to this really nice restaurant and had this fabulous steak, but guess what? It wasn't just a steak. It was, you know, one of those fancy steaks with the port wine sauce and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself... And this is even before I've spoken to you, right? But I'm thinking to myself, oh, geez, you know, that's got a lot of sugar in it too, I bet. So then what I did is I, I, you know, because I really wanted a steak. I wanted just a good old-fashioned steak. I really didn't want all that other stuff. So I just said, well, you know, can you put the the sauce on the side? And that's what they did. And, you know, and I'm glad actually they did because, yeah, it tasted good. It was okay. But it was a steak that I really, really wanted. Um, So anyway, um, Griff, I am so glad that you joined us here today on Talk with Francesca. Thank you so much for being with us. You're very welcome. It's been fun. Okay. So, well, wait a minute. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. What, whatever you need. <laughs> so I want to ask you, are all calories created equal or does sugar itself make us fatter than foods that come primarily from, say, like starch or protein or fat? This is an interesting one. This is a battle that has been waged over the last three or four decades. And the answer to your question is yes, sugar is stored differently and the reason that it is stored differently is because there's a little component in sugar you know, aka sucrose table sugar mm-hmm. called fructose mm-hmm. and fructose is actually metabolized in your liver that's the only place that the body can metabolize it and package it up now there's a problem with that yeah other sources yeah other sources of calories let's say you're taking a potato that has an equal amount of calories well those are all in the form of glucose. Mm-hmm. So there is a chemical difference in the way that we metabolize sugar because it has the fructose component in it, which is 50% of it, versus a potato, which is on almost 100% glucose. Glucose can go to every cell in your body, from your eyelid down to your bicep, down to your calf muscle. All of that can be stored in your muscle. None of that can be stored in the form of fructose. So let's say that we're having a lot of soda, a lot of sugar. What we really have, Francesca, is we have a volume issue. We have pretty much forced our body's hand and made it say, okay, where are you going to store all those calories? And the only answer to that question is in your liver, and your liver has a finite capacity, so where do the rest go? Where do you think the rest of the calories will go? Mm, not in a place where you want it to be, that's for sure. <laughs> not if you want to. Not if you want to wear a bathing suit in the summer, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It goes to fat. That's the only other recourse. It cannot be stored in any other place in your body. So there is a metabolic difference between a starch or a carbohydrate or a protein than there is sugar. It's an absolute chemical uh, chemical difference. So talk, let's. I want to talk about potatoes for a second, and I, and I have more than a passing interest in this because um, I first of all I like sweet potatoes and I know they have vitamin A in them and I think they're good for you and then I started thinking just just this past week just I wonder if they are as good for me as I think they are because I pretty much have like a half a um, sweet potato every day Sure. And then I'm thinking, maybe this has got a lot more carbs in it than I think. I mean, I really don't need to lose any weight anyway in the first place, but, um, well, maybe a couple pounds, Um, but, you know, not more than maybe three. Sure. But, you know, I mean, I still feel like it's three is a lot. I mean, if you take a weight and you hold a three-pound weight, it's got a little weight to it, right? 
It could be worse. Yeah, I know. I know. I know it could be really. It's kind of pathetic to even say so. People get so irritated with that, you know, but I I don't know. I just like, I like to get it, keep a handle on it because I'll never forget. (laughs) This is when I was just a kid and I used to just like eat donuts and junk. And my mother said to me one day, Francesca, you know, you keep eating like this one day, you're just going to be a mess. (laughs) She said, it is going to really be bad. You know, it's like, don't start because you'll never be able to stop. So I always look at it as like, again, a couple pounds like get them off quick before you have to really struggle with it you know because it's it's harder when you have to struggle with it but then again I think it's kind of a lifestyle of you know when you to be fit I think you know it has more to do with just the way that you eat and if you eat in a healthy way you're really not going to get overweight really um you know I don't I'm I really don't I'm not a big believer necessarily in the the genes, but I don't really know because, you know, then again, I, you know, like I have an aunt, she's long past now, but, you know, her children, you know, she was very heavy and, you know, her kids are all also, you know, heavy, but I mean, couldn't that also be sort of uh, programming? I mean, the way you eat and the way you're brought up to eat and, you know, all the Italian sauces and the pastas and all that stuff. I mean, I would think, that, yeah. Wouldn't you say that's more of it? I believe, yes. I believe that there's definitely a conditioning component to it. And, and and forgive me if I'm misreading the question, but as far as, are you asking if there's like a genetic component yes, to that? Is there, yes, that's what I'm asking. That's exactly what There's I'm definitely, I don't think that there's any doubt that there's a genetic component to weight gain. You know, one person might have a proclivity to have more weight gain than others. And you can even see that within twins at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so nobody's doubting that. What I would say is that if you look into a field called epigenetics, yes. this is basically a, a, a field of science that is saying that we have a lot more influence over our genetic expression than we think. Absolutely. Absolutely. We do, and and that's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> oh, well, like, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, it's a hard pill to swallow if we, you know, we were, you know, forty pounds overweight, and you know, yeah. we think, you know, because our mother's overweight, our father's overweight, that that's why we are. And so, I suppose it's a hard pill to swallow when we realize that we are in control of our own destiny. Um, but yeah. but then on the other hand, how exciting to think that we really have control over that. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, it, it, it's sort of like, you know, in, in my family, um, you know, I come from a very big family, but um, where we, most of us tend to put our stresses in our bellies, you know, we get tense yeah. and the belly tightens up and, but you know, um, and, and, you know, so it was, I was under a lot of stress back uh, about four or five years ago and it really kind of got to my belly and then it, it it hit me like whoa you know I've got to change my diet and when I changed my diet you know what frankly when you're eating well you don't have time there's not really a lot of room left for junk you know when you start trying to fit in seven to ten vegetables a day man that's a lot yes. <laughs> that's, yep. a, lo- that's yep. a lot of eating you know and so <laughs> anyway it's a distractionary I, method isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you know what? we do need to take another short break but when we come back i would like to talk about fruit because i think that's a very interesting because that's got loads of sugar and so listeners stay with us here we're going to find out whether eating three to five fruits and vegetables a day is what we should or shouldn't we be doing so don't go away 
I recently discovered a computer store called Experimac in Middleton. Experimac Middleton is a one-stop shop that can help you with any repair needs for your phone, tablet, Mac, or PC. They also have the best prices for certified Apple computers and devices. The experts at Experimac are part of an international franchise network. All of their work is of the highest quality, and all purchases and repairs come with warranties of up to a year. They also have financing available. For any questions, give them a call at 978-304-0134. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Restaurante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, Best Kid-Friendly Restaurant, Best Lobster Dinner, and Best Water View. Why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on the Hunt Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Do you have chronic pain, neck, shoulder, or low back stiffness, headaches? Amanda King, licensed massage therapist, can help. Located in downtown Salem, Amanda has over 13 years of experience helping people with pain, injury, and stress. She can help you feel better, move better, relax, and enjoy your life. So call today to book your appointment at 617-461-7516 or learn more at www.clearbodymind.massagetherapy.com. Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723-6733 or visit us at AnticoFornoBoston.com.
right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. We're speaking with Griff Nielsen. He has written a book, Exorcising Your Excuses. I'm not saying that word very well. Welcome back, Griff. Thank you, Francesca. Okay, fruit. All right. Um, That's a, you know, there's some interesting, that's really kind of an interesting topic because it does have a lot of sugar in it. Now, I know it's not the same as having you know, a tiramisu or a cream brulee or something, but it's still sugar. So, so what's the difference between that kind of sugar and bad sugar? Or are they both bad sugars? There's two things, Francesca, and these are, this, these are kind of points that get lost in the matrix of things. And we, we, we kind of lump sugar into a bad category without really looking at the difference. Here's the difference. With the fruit that mother nature produces, First and foremost, it's going to be loaded with enzymes that are necessary to metabolize the sugar, coenzymes, just the right amounts of vitamins and minerals, just the right amount of water. And this is the way that these foods are orchestrated to make us not fat. So it would take, for example, to put this in individual terms, if you were to have one large donut, that's literally equal to about six to 10 apples, depending on their size. Now, nobody sits down and binges on 10 apples that I know of. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I, you see, so Mother Nature is automatically controlling the, uh, the, the density and the volume. So A, you get the nutrition, and B, there's just not as much density of yes. calories in foods. That is the way there's fiber, there's water, and there's just flat out not as many calories in there versus you have the big donut which has highly concentrated forms of sugar and salt and everything that's just packed like a can of sardines Um, those foods are really what take a toll on our health because our body is not meant to take in that much at one time yeah i hear you now what about bread Ooh. Oh. <laughs> well, you know yeah. why you know why I ask that because I mean, listen, you you cannot possibly unless you're living in a cave, you know white bread is not good for you. I mean, come on. Right? right. But you know these bread makers are sneaky. You know, they really <laughs> they really really are. It wasn't really, I don't know, it was 6 months ago and and I remember and it was just I was coming down with something and I said to a friend, "Oh, I just feel kind of almost dizzy." Yeah, well, you know what? Have some sugar. Have something. Have like a, a piece of bread. I'm like, bread? Why would I have a piece of bread? There's no sugar in bread. It's like, yeah, there is. And, you know, you and obviously we know the cinnamon raisin bread, you know, the kind that you'd make French toast with. We, we know that's got sugar in it. But, yep. but, you know, and there again, you know, with the raisins, you know, that's a different kind of sugar as well, the dried fruits, right? But that's got a lot of sugar. That's got a lot, a lot of sugar, those dried fruits. Absolutely. But, right? But, but bread is sneaky, you know, especially when you start to go into those those healthy food stores like Whole Foods, right? And they've got those, you know, the, the 222-grain bread, <laughs> you know, it's just like a fiber monster, you know, and it's got seeds and nuts and, and stuff, right? It's got all that good stuff in it. You swear that stuff's got to be really good for you. But, you know, um, it's... I don't know. I don't know if it really is so good for you. So so do tell. Is it or isn't it? Here's the thing. <laughs> this is a, it's actually quite a sticky topic, to be honest with you. And it is quite controversial. Uh, but in my experience and in my knowledge and in my studies, what I have found is that bread is 
as it pertains to general weight loss, just, let's just keep it within that context. As it pertains to weight loss, it is a death knell. It, it has the ability to act like a dam. You could be losing weight. You can be feeling healthy. You introduce just a little bit of bread. Like I said, it is that death knell. It is the dam of weight loss, which is interesting. And this is something that's really intrigued me as well, Francesca. And, and there's a lot of researchers out there. Chief among them is uh, Stephen Guntry. He wrote the book, The Plant Paradox. And in that, he basically talks about one of the reasons why we gain weight on bread. Within bread, there are specific little uh, substances called lectins. Okay, and lectins basically are a plant's defense against who? Us. Why? Because we eat them. <laughs> mm. And so they don't want to be eaten just like you don't want to be eaten. And so because grains and, and certain other plants don't want to be eaten, they produce these, one of which is called uh, wheat bran agglutin. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's not gluten, but basically what it does is it acts like insulin. Now, the question is, what does insulin do? Well, insulin takes calories and it stores them as what? Fat, mostly. Mm -hmm. And so bread actually mimics the action of insulin through this little lectin known as wheat bran agglutin. And it's this pernicious little bugger that I have found both in myself and with clients. Like I say, it just puts a blockade, a big wall on weight loss. And, and health in general because it creates inflammation, it drives the weight gain process. Uh, so my so, advice is if you, if you want to take, you want to lose weight, take that out for a while and see what it does. Okay, all right. Well, that, you know, that kind of makes sense um, because, you know, like the old the South Beach diet and the Dr. Atkins diet, I mean, they were all about, you know, protein, a lot of protein and a lot of veggies. Now, on the other hand, um, I'm not so sure that's such a great way to eat either. What, what are your thoughts? It depends. Everybody has a different need, a different metabolic need. And that's, I believe, is what we've gotten away from as a society. As all these diets come in, they become in vogue, they go out of... When this happens, what we tend to do, Francesca, is we stop listening. We stop listening to what our body is telling us. I may very well, and this is actually true in real life, I may very well have a higher need for fat and for protein. My metabolism thrives on that. You give me some, you know, you mentioned steak earlier. You give me one of those bad boys, I'm a happy dude. Mm -hmm. Give me some salmon, I'm going to slather butter all over that bad boy. Butter? Butter? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you're saying butter is good for you? If it's from a clean, natural source, absolutely, it's one of the healthiest foods you can possibly take in. No, wait a minute. When you say healthy sources, what do you mean by that? You have to go to a farm and buy butter there? I mean, like the old-fashioned butter, Land Lakes in the supermarket? Yeah. No, no? The, the real stuff. <laughs> the real so stuff where the heck do you get real butter if that's if you don't can't get it? I mean, I thought when butter's in a supermarket, butter's butter. I mean, it says butter, ingredients, butter, so I think that's what it is. Well, some... you had mentioned Whole Foods before. There's a great place to start. But most most supermarkets are going to be able to have, I would just recommend getting a whole organic butter. It's amazing what it does for your brain health. Um, I mean, really our brain is nothing but a big glob of intelligent fat. <laughs> so we've got to be able to feed it. Mm-hmm. And so we need to eat fats. Yes. Fat is not your foe. 
fat is not your foe. Unfortunately, it's been touted as such the last 20 to 30 years, but no, it's it, coming from the right sources, unprocessed, unrefined fat is absolutely vital to one's health. Did I ask you if we could give away a book on the air? Sure. Yeah. Okay, because I was trying to remember that. No, I, I, would, I was trying to rem, remember if I had asked you prior to the interview. Cause I yes, just... you did. We are good to go. Oh, did you send me one? They, they came in today. They are heading your way. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, fantastic. Okay, listeners, the fifth emailer to info a talk with Francesca and put in the subject line, healthy eating, and you will get a book. So let's talk about your book for a second. So does your book, I mean, when I read the title, I think getting rid of excuses. So I think of it more as, you know, getting someone geared up to lose weight. Do you have all this good information that we're talking about on the air right now in your book? Most of it, okay. most of it. What it what it is, Francesca, it's a 60-day comprehensive plan to take your mind and your body into a long-term path of health. Mm-hmm. And it gives you, it, literally day one, do this. Day two, do this. And it adds sequentially, step-by-step, step, what you need to do to, A, change your mind, you know, to get out the limiting beliefs and the excuses that we all tend to make. It teaches you how to extricate yourself from those and also what to do physically. So it's, it's the mind and the body. Okay, so listen, let's, let's practically speaking, what are some important steps we can take to get ourselves out of the sugar addiction to start? Well, I- I'll Other than the obvious, very, it's like get, don't have the food in your house, right? Sure, I'll give you a four step sequence that is bulletproof if you can implement it. Very All right, quick. listeners, get a piece of paper and a pen. Here it comes. Here it comes. Drum roll, go ahead. Huh? Here we go. So the first one, the very first step is awareness. Awareness. Now this is something that most people, uh, they think they're aware, but then they go home and they engage in the very same behaviors that they're not fond of. And so here's what I'd ask your listeners to do is, how can you isolate the behaviors or the cues, what things are cueing you into actions that you don't like? Is there a specific ice cream that gets you every time? Is it those bagels? Is it the sugar in your coffee? Is it when you get stressed that you are turning to sugar and to processed food? What is it? If you, if you can become acutely aware of what behaviors and cues are driving behaviors that you don't like. That is your absolute first step. And by the way, that is the step that 90% of the people miss. Uh, they become aware for maybe a second, and they go right back to it. This has, you have to live in a state of awareness. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that these cues are driving behaviors that you don't like. Step number two is this. It is employing competing thoughts. Okay. So Sugar and food addiction exists on two levels. One is mental, one is physical. Competing thoughts basically says, if you have a thought that says, well, I don't have time. I don't have time to, to do my food prep, or I don't have time to work out as much as that. That is a thought process. That is your own personal truth, okay? Mm-hmm. So the competing thoughts basically says, what can you replace those thoughts with? What if you were to say, 
I make time for things that are important to me. And you repeat that a thousand, 10,000 times. You keep saying it. Every time you're tempted to say, oh, I don't have time, you automatically, at the top of that, you said, oh, I make time. I prioritize time for things that are important. Mm -hmm. Here's one little tip on that. Find a very powerful why. What emotionally is going to drive you into a new behavior? If you've got family or a relationship, think of those powerful connections that you have to help think of, well, why would I? I make time for them. So you are taking your existing belief patterns and you're swapping it out. Here's the third. It's competing behaviors. Now, thoughts drive actions, yep. period. And I, I talk all about that in my book, but thoughts drive behaviors. So the second step, we're starting to get competing thoughts. The third is we say, okay, what one thing, what one thing can we do? Let's take sugar. If you're having, let's say, oh, you track it on a, an app like MyFitnessPal and you find that you're having like 70 grams per day, maybe you can say, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna take it down to 60 grams for this next week. And then the week after that, it's going to be 50, so on and so forth. What's one thing that you can do? If you've told yourself for years that you can't make it to the gym, Maybe what that's your one thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get to the gym this week. And, and don't inundate yourself. What, notice I'm using the word very profoundly. <laughs> what, what one, one thing. thing. Go to the do. gym once. <laughs> yes. It, it could be, honestly, Francesca, it could be as, it, it could be as easy as saying, I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to go on a 10-minute walk. Let's say you've been sedentary for 20 years. I'm going to go on a 10-minute walk. That's huge. That, that needs to be rewarded. You know, that's huge. So the competing behaviors is you're saying, okay, I'm just going to replace one of those behaviors. Now, the fourth part is you need support and a reward. You need support and you need a reward. And what this basically means is two things. The first thing is you need support from your team. I, I advocate three things. First, you need to be accountable to yourself. When you set a goal, you need to daily check in, and that's part of your, as funny as it sounds, that's part of your support system. It's you, yourself, and you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Person, yeah. Absolutely. The second person you need to be accountable to is a coach or an expert, and I would recommend checking in at least once a week with that coach or an expert so that you can report on your progress, receive uh, expert guidance on your quest to make change. Now, the third person you want to be uh, accountable to is what I have coined a lovingly honest loved one. A lovingly honest <laughs> loved one. I think you probably know what I'm getting at, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> this is somebody that is going to lovingly tell you, Francesca, I know you can do better than that. And let's, let's, let's recalibrate, let's do this. And I've seen the opposite of that, which are enablers. These are the people that says, well, oh, I totally get it. You're busy, I would have done worse than you did. Right, exactly, and, exactly. Yeah, it's okay, yeah, it's, yeah. It's okay. Don't, don't feel bad. Fine. Yeah, it's like, you're what, human. I mean, but yeah, and you know what, I mean, I think, I think it's okay to say, yeah, you're human and you know, you made a mistake, but you know, don't let that be the focus, but rather, you know what? Yeah. So that's a bummer that it didn't work out. But you know what? Tomorrow is a brand new day and yeah. a 
great opportunity to start again, right? So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, okay, I want to ask you, so um, in your book, and you've got some of the stuff, but now you have a whole lot of stuff on your Facebook page, don't you? I do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So listeners, you can mosey on over to DeGriff's page, and um, you got a lot of great tips there. It's really, it's worth following him, so so get over there. Griff Nielsen, it has been a pleasure talking to you today on Talk with Francesca. I wish we had more time. Thank you so much for generously uh, donating your, your book to One Lucky Listener. Um, again, thanks again for being with us here today. It's been great. You're very welcome, President. It's been fun. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, it's time to wrap things up. We've got to say goodbye. Hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. I thought it was like super, super uh, interesting and uh, would love, love you to pick up his book because I know, I absolutely believe that it's going to make a difference if you're looking to not just lose weight, but to get healthy. So share this show with someone you know and see you next week, same time, same place. Make it a great week.